So what I don't know about how an economy works would fill a very large thing. See, I, I think when people talk about economy mm-hmm. and they throw that word around, they start talking about the economy. A lot of times when I, when, when I have a chance to question them, they're talking about their bank account and their wallet. That's the economy. Yes. They're talking about their bills. I think that's fair. They're talking about how much money they have. Or don't have. Okay, that's your economy. It's not the economy. Fair? Uh-huh. Very right. fair, yeah. But we all know that inflation is real. But maybe we all don't even agree on what it is. Hey, joining us right now is Stephen Semple. He's the author of Raising Prices. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. Good morning. So I have, I'm, I got questions, all right? And I'm going to assume, being uh, you, you've written a book on it, for God's sakes, that you're going to help me understand some of this. I'm um, try my best. You, I know you can. <laughs> so is does printing more money cause inflation, or do you solve inflation by the government printing more money? Is that even a debate? That's really not much of a debate. Most economists agree that one of the causes of inflation is the printing of money. And we've done a hell of a lot of that recently, have we not? Well, we've done we've done a hell of a lot of that, not only in the United States, but around the world. Like oh. every every country <laughs> has done this massive printing of money. So is it any surprise knowing that there's a flood of money, be they stimulus checks, be they government programs, whatever, that prices are going up? And by the way, prices of everything are going up, right? Yeah, it's pretty across the board. Um, and, and, and the real tough thing for consumers is prices are going up in a lot of what they call core items, you know, mm. the things that we can't put off, like food and gasoline and mm-hmm. things along that line. You know, it's one thing when it's the price of television sets that's going up because, <laughs> you know, you, you don't, you can hold off buying a new TV, right. but you can't hold off buying eggs and bread. That's very true. Stephen, give me kind of an inflation 101. So uh, many of us just see the headlines and it says inflation hits seven and a half percent in the Midwest, 6.6% in Chicago. And I automatically think, oh, that's terrible. That's awful. Is that bad compared to where we have been and where we're going? What's the magic number of where we really need to start worrying? Wow, that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a big question. Um, so where it's going is up for a lot of debate because one of the challenges is the thing that's driving inflation today is not one thing. Yes, there's the printing of money. Okay. There's also the issues of supply chain. Right. Supply chain is part of what's driving inflation. And then there's the labor shortage. That's part of what's driving inflation. So to sit there and say, okay, when did the, does this end? We also have to figure out when's the supply chain fix itself and when are we going to get a little bit more right-sized on the whole labor situation in addition to the printing of money. So it's a really hard thing to answer, and when you look at economists, the opinions are all over the place, especially on the supply chain. Some say, oh, it's close to being fixed because we're seeing certain areas where it's improving, and others are saying, no, we're still years away. 
He's Stephen Semple, author of Raising Prices. I've, I've heard this terminology, and tell me how realistic this is. So when we talk about inflation hitting 7.5% in our region, if you didn't get a 7.5% raise, you're basically making less money. Correct. I mean, that's just a reality. Your buying power is not what it once was. That is that is correct. Your buying power, you need 7.5% more just to buy the same basket and amount of goods that you've purchased previously. Yeah. I don't know a lot of people that have gotten that raise recently. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so Oops. I guess with rising prices, yeah. higher property taxes. Ooh. How do we get out of this? What, what has it seems like happen? a spiral, doesn't yeah, it? it? It just seems like downward because obviously we're not getting raises. You you can't pay, you can't you know fix that seven and a half percent gap because everything's going up. What has to happen for things to get better? Okay, so again, I'm not an economist, and these times are a little bit. I, I hate to use the words, we're in unusual times, because we've been saying this for years now. <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, broken, broken watch. All Steven, I think but, there's another book in this for you, by the <laughs> I way. I think so, yeah. too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but ending inflationary cycles, if we look back in the past, yeah. ending of, of inflationary cycles typically has come from having to slow down the economy, and usually that is done through a combination of printing less money and rising interest rates. Right. Rising interest rates is the real common tool that is used by governments to slow inflation. And I, I believe a lot of policymakers are hoping the supply chain fix it, fixes itself, and that brings this down because there's a lot of pain that would come from increasing interest rates right yeah. well and, uh, and Stephen, thank you very much for your insight into this and and thank you for helping us understand it Stephen right. simple author of raising prices because what it, what it, what it is is the medicine um tastes like crap also yeah you know what i'm saying the yeah, yeah. The, the the illness is bad and the medicine not so good either so policymakers, politicians Nobody wants to be the one to pour the medicine down your throat because you're not going to like it. Right. If interest rates go up and it's harder to buy a home yeah. or yeah. Your, your car note uh, is more. You see what I'm saying? I do. But that is traditionally the long-term fix. Yeah. It, and it's cyclical, like he pointed out, too. I mean, cyclical. it will come back. It's almost like a pendulum. Yes, it's bad, but it's going to. Pendulum does swing both ways. Is it there a cycle around? So I, I am lucky. Being that I live so close to work, I walk to work mm-hmm. through the mean streets of Streeterville. Come for the pier, stay, stay for, for the, the tussle. tussle. So the price of gas doesn't really affect me. It just doesn't. I, 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 I fill up once every other month. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I hardly ever drive. I have no reason to drive anywhere. I can walk to everything. So I, I realize I'm removed from that. Is there a dollar figure, though, when you start reconsidering how much you're driving? Is there a dollar figure when gas gets to? I'm not just not just you personally. I, I think that where I think people say is. that's it. I'm taking the train. I, I'm on I the CTA now because I was someone who would drive pre-pandemic, drive downtown every day, every yeah. day. So I would fill up once a week. Then when the pandemic happened, you know, it was remote remote working. We we're working from home. That cut down. I that was a significant help by not paying those gas prices. So then it went from once a week to once every other week. So I think I would argue people might reconsider and say, you know what? 
this is a significant savings if I don't have to fill up every week. I'm going to try and find a cheaper alternative. So if you if can, I can, right? 